0: The fire. Welcome to Through the Fire, cutting through the passions, clearing the smoke of the cultural confusions of the world today. Talking God's love and God's solutions from a biblical Christian worldview. And now, here's your host, Marie and Gregory Seltz. Welcome to Through the Fire. It's so great to be here with you, Marie. It's uh, wonderful to be in the studio with you again, talking about things that really matter. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing very well, thank you.
0: Well, as am I. Thank you for asking. Oh, you didn't. <laughs> I didn't I did.
1: <laughs> That's right, I
0: did. This is how we but talk. But I just
1: assume that you're good because you're with me. well. How, how else could you possibly be?
0: How else indeed? <laughs> you know, we do this every day. We kind of talk through things that really are important to us, but we hope they're also a blessing and important to you because we're trying to talk about the things that are in our culture, things that are uh, going on in our communities uh, from a biblical Christian worldview and... And, and trying to share with you some things that, that might be helpful to you in facing some of the challenges that you're dealing with today. Our program today, we're going to talk about why family matters, why it really matters today more than ever. And so the first kind, of, you know, question is like, why the attacks on the family, and then why pushing back really, really does matter, and how can we be proactive and effective in dealing with some of these challenges? So, you know, w- when we talk about what's going on in our culture today, I think we can all safely say uh, the family is under attack, R- right, Marie? I mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we see this uh, on a variety of levels. It's under attack just in the traditions and the mores. I mean, people just aren't getting married as much as they did in the past, or mm-hmm. uh, they're breaking apart marriages much more easily. Um, mm-hmm. And then we see even the attacks on what a family is, the mm-hmm. redefinitions and all those things. I guess as we first thing we want to do is, why is this happening? And, and when we talk about where is this coming from? What, what's the point? Um Family seems to be an important thing, uh, at least it used to be.
1: And it still is. The okay. thing is, is that, um, you know, there's... Well, co- I agree
0: to that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for agreeing. That's not always so does, a situation so the situation in the our relationship. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, but, but really, when we think about families and... and even what a family looks like, right? Mm-hmm. And we hear the term traditional family that's kind of being faded away. And uh, there's reasons for that, uh, cultural reasons, there's sociological reasons. And when we think about families in the past, right, we would have multi-generational p- individuals oh, yeah. living together.
0: Pe- yeah, people don't... You know, I talked to some people who said, well, America uh, doesn't believe in the, you know, extended family. I said, are you crazy? Our history is built on extended families.
1: Right. and And that was always true. First of all, I mean... If we just go back like, you know, years and years and years and years ago, you did it for existence. Right. Mm -hmm. And and collective, um, you know, working together just to survive. And then when we look at the the immigrants in this country coming, you know, most of them were not uh, originally farmers, but they had to learn how to farm Mm -hmm. and you needed workers to work the farm. So you had large groups of, of children working the fields you had you were encouraged if to have babies and you would have a, a, an aunt or an uncle and th- those would be working with you and living with you and there were wonderful things that came out of that because it wasn't just to produce and to survive, but you also had these uh, amazing stories that would be told about the family. You had different uh, roles that each person played. And a Purpose, um, yeah, yeah. Everybody had a purpose and a role, and you also had uh, behaviors that were expected, where you would honor, you know, your elders and um, different individuals in the family would teach young children how it was how you were supposed to speak how you were supposed to behave you were taught different behaviors and the expectations to help you be a respectful Individual moving forward as you grew up.
0: Well, you know, and I agree with everything you're saying. In fact, when you look in the scripture too, it talks about the family this way. I, I always use that phrase. It's the uh, the trinity of uh, social sanity or mm-hmm. the trinity of civility, and you mm-hmm. learn even what it means to be in community uh, as an individual. Well, if it's if it's all those blessings, mm-hmm. which I think it is. Mm-hmm. Then why is it under attack?
1: Well, well, first of all, you know, when you start looking at the family, uh, those kinds of families where you had the big multi-generational families, right? Everyone had a role, but there were also limitations to those um, behaviors. There were were a lot more restrictions. Okay. So especially when, and, and you know, the women, as the farming ways of life gave way to city life, and then children were, you know, were now allowed to go off to college and to get education, you know, women still were not allowed to be hired, or they were allowed to be hired, but once they got married, they were they had to quit their work. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of companies still would not keep, let you continue working. So, you know, there were things that happened, those little micro things changes, those little paradigms changed, and, and, and they suddenly started adding more and more things to the uh, the way that the family was expected to look and the way that the family was expected to act. So you had individual limitations, but you had more freedom uh, as as a family, you
0: know, Well, you're talking about how the family was expected to look. Who's defining that expectation?
1: Well, culture. I mean, you had the women's movement that came in. I mean, first of all, you know, we had traditional family. You didn't always have extended families. But in 1950 through 1965, that was a time, you know, when people were going to church. And so they were in the God's word. Right, Well, and,
0: I think what we want to do here, too, is give people we're we're not trying to defend the traditional family as a, that that our culture or other cultures might uh, ascribe to it. What we're trying to say is that the family has preeminence from mm-hmm. God's perspective. So there's a sense where when he says "Honor your father and your mother," it's right. because the family is his organization that actually defines kind of that first layer of civility and culture. The question is, okay, if it adapts to industrialism or adapts to agricultural cult, the family is still supposed to find a way to be family.
1: Right. And you had support with that. So if somebody got sick or you had somebody struggling, you had a great support system. What's happened now with the the individualism uh, focus, you know, of individualism freedom now it's no longer about the, raising the kids and making sure the kids are strong and happy. It's now become about an adult focus of living a life for adult fulfillment. Right. And so the children are the ones that are, are experiencing, um, you displacement. know. Displacement. Huge displacement, especially as the. As well, I
0: thought they adapt to everything.
1: Well, that's what we tell ourselves so we feel better. <laughs> but the truth is because that's also part of us feeling fulfilled and feeling happy, right? Because now it's taken away from that focus of the family and it's more about adult freedom it's about adult expression and adult fulfillment so mm-hmm. if i if you no longer fulfill me I can go ahead and, and divorce you and move on to something else, or just, you know, the kids will adapt to my life because it's no longer the children being the focus anymore, the focus of attention. You're not anymore. telling
0: that to me, are you? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> are you afraid, honey? You're not. I, I can't be responsible for bad decisions. <laughs> you're not
1: filling my love tank. And I know. <laughs> I'm feeling well, empty.
0: Well, so, no, so I'm, I mean, you're, you're kind of showing how sociologically we've kind of gotten to this place. And now I think you also pointed out that we made a conscious decision as a culture. Culture, and I think that's where the 60s comes in, that kind of libertinism. Right. It's its no longer I'm free to do what's right. Now it's I'm free to do whatever I want.
1: Right, to, to self-express and I, can, and I have opportunities and freedoms. And there were some good things that came from that, some things not. I mean, the women's movement did allow for women to enter more into the workforce. But when that did happen, I'm not saying it's good or bad. There's always good. There's positives and negatives and everything. But what did happen is now women were no longer reliant upon the, the husband to provide and the new, the extended family was had been broken down and so women could move into wherever they wanted to and the children were just being brought along so children are constantly in almost like in a displaced mode and they don't have the support around them. And so when you think about this, this is really important because we are social creatures and we do really seek to have acceptance and to feel needed, wanted, and loved. And so when you have a constant breakdown of the your actual family, mm-hmm. you're going to seek it from someplace else.
0: Well, you know, it's funny how you just said that with, uh, and I'm not going to pick on the women's movement at this point, uh, but we can talk about that in another program, but You know, sometimes it sounds like in the old traditional family, men could do what they want and women had to do what they were, you know, supposed to do. And then the children were to be part of the deal. It's not like it's not it wasn't like that for a good male figure in the family either. He was supposed to be committed. It sounds to me to me that everybody's worried about, can I just do what I want? So if they could do whatever they want, can I just do whatever I want? And now the kids are saying, can we just do whatever we want? And the reality is That's that's not freedom. That's actually what bondage is. In fact, the word sin.
1: Well, you're chasing. You're constantly chasing. Well, th- you? And
0: the word sin, if you want to diagram it, is love always points away from yourself. So if mm-hmm. if you have an individual when the arrow is always mm-hmm. pointing away, that's a person who's a loving person. Sin is when the arrow points straight back to you. That's right. And so, again, that's kind of the—we've actually now enculturated— Uh, to the point of destroying the family unit itself. The family was the first place where the father could say, my love is for my wife and for my children. It's always out to them. The wife could say it's for my husband and for my children. The children could say it's for my mom and dad and then to to represent them in the community. And now all that's been turned upside down. So you're right. I think there's an attack on the purposefulness of the family. And I think you pointed out that most people are talking about relationships today. The, The Bible's view is that the family is an institution. And and so you bear the name of the family. Even if you don't live together right. in extended families like 100 years ago, you still bore the name wherever you went. And I think that's even under uh, attack. As if, right, your as name as if you're used just to mean something. Yeah, and you had a, a
1: responsibility to uphold that, that name and to behave in a way that was not going to disrespect your family. That's changed a lot now. Now we, see, we hear people say, well, I don't like my family. I didn't choose my family. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no um, or, or there's little there's little uh, reason to to respect your family or little reason to do something to uplift your family, to do anything. It's just whatever you want to do, you have the freedom to leave. You have the freedom to break away. Um, Even if someone is hurting in your family, you have no obligation or responsibility to help them.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, that's that's a destructive thing. I think there's something even more ominous going on, and this is mostly in in my work in, in Washington and in the public sphere, uh, there is a move to actually dissolve the family as the place Absolutely. Uh, that you very... seek refuge. Yeah, yes. the, the, it's supposed to, So the children now don't look to mom and dad to feed them. The children don't look to mom and dad to direct them. They look to government or government agencies to start to take that over. And I hate to tell people that, but there's actually a movement that, that wants it that way. Um, But here's my problem. I think most of the stuff we're dealing with, especially in in the urban areas that we've served, um, most of the stuff like violence, poverty, illiteracy, it all is related to the breakdown of the family. I mean, that's that's the data. Right.
1: That's right. I mean, sociologists have the studies show that. I mean, there's no direction anymore. Um, there's little support. Children are floundering, and then they're growing up into adults that have no direction. It's interesting because, you know, as you if you look at the the way that the family systems, if you look at the census and how many individuals were living in uh, the home and what those uh, the, the roles of those individuals were, how much they have changed through the years. Just here recently, Lenar Holmes, the builder Lenar Holmes, uh, put out a report saying that just uh, the they increase in people seeking homes where they could bring uh, their adult children back to live with them. Isn't that interesting? Because wow. we went through a period where everybody was wanting to get out as soon as they were 18, and it was almost embarrassing. But now they're coming back, and it's not because they're choosing to come back. They're coming back because they are not being able to survive because Hmm. they have no direction, they don't know how to discipline themselves, they don't know what to do, so they're having to come back home. And that is not a healthy thing, because now that's actually, um, you know, salting their self-confidence, their self-esteem, and they don't have an ability to know how to move forward. So
0: we didn't prepare our children to deal with the world as it is.
1: Right. And you didn't have those role models in the home like we used to have.
0: So who was supposed, see, that's what I'm saying. You're saying, well, who's going to do that now? And the answer is, it's still the family. It's still the family.
1: Yes. And see, in the thing is, is that we're, we're really stuck. Our culture is stuck because we want stability and rootedness, but also mobility. We want a lot of money, dynamic capitalism, and the liberty to adopt the lifestyle that we choose. And we want all of these things, but that takes a close family.
0: Wow. But I mean, yeah, but on top of that, if you want those things more than family, can you even have either one? I, You know, it's really interesting. We have this new Supreme Court uh, justice, potential justice. Justice Barrett, and she said, and I think this is shocking the culture because, and this would have been such a normal thing to say 50 years ago. She said, "The greatest thing you can do is raise children. Mm -hmm. The greatest thing you can do is raise children." And people are aghast at that
1: Mm -hmm. because we then that's what and that's why we see what we're uh, we're seeing today because now because we don't have that people are trying to form their own kind of family. They're not calling it family the way that we used to call it family, but they're they're trying to have a you know, it's a, it's this really unusual behavioral change, and it's a cultural shift um, that's that happened very small. A minute ago, you were talking about arrows being pointed away in love, right? right? right. That's what love. Well, is. there's there's uh, sociologists talk about um, a cultural paradigm where uh, we can imagine hundreds and millions of tiny arrows. Right That happen and they, and over time it's very few at first, but then over time a lot of them shift, and nobody notices that values have now shifted mm-hmm. that the conversations are uh, that we 're allowed to have are have shifted, and that new patterns have emerged so it's very interesting because right now people are lost, the younger generation is lost, and they are trying to form their own kind of family units, very strange relationships of different kinds are coming up. And um, they're well, not happy.
0: you know, on, on top of that though, there's a there's millions of ways we can be different sinners.- mm-hmm. you know that, see I you know th- this is where I'm a little sometimes I struggle because you need to be empathetic, you need to hear what people are saying, but when you see people doing the same thing that's destroying who they are, when God is saying, look, you know, I am who I am, and I've ordered the world the way I've ordered the world, and I've called you to find your identity in me and, and to receive my love and then share it. And we say, well, that's nice, but we're going to do it our own way. Well, there's a million ways to do it the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, again, struggling with how to, to get right with God and how to get right with family mm-hmm. is part of what it means to be human. Mm-hmm. Well, if you run away from that so that you can have lots of stuff— mm-hmm there's there's the big challenge what i what really bugs me though is when people who know that this stuff is destroying neighborhoods and communities are actually using it for their own political power or political gain. That's what really bugs me, too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't mind the church getting involved in people's lives and then walking and trying to help them through Mm -hmm. it so they can see the benefits of this. But I sure hate when our hands are tied or when we're told we can't help and all those kind of things. Mm -hmm. And that's the real problem out there today, too, right? Mm -hmm.
1: It it is a big problem. Right now we see... um, You know, right? uh, let's see, it was in 2014, 35% of American men, this is unbelievable to me, ages 18 to 34 had to go back to live with their parents because there was what we started calling and hearing failure to launch. And
0: that's, see, but that's not a good thing just
1: because- 35% having to go back home. And that, I mean, men were- you know, supposed to be. They're supposed to be the protectors. Yes. I don't care what even the traditional coming roles in their back. How good can that be for society?
0: Yeah. And I was also saying, too, in a lot of our work in the city, uh, a lot of the issues were that we had 14, 15, 16 year old kids who were high on testosterone. Mm-hmm. And there was no dad to say, you will not do it that way because mm-hmm. you're my son. Mm-hmm. And, and so, again, all those kinds of things that we're talking about, that, that truly is, the family is, like you talked about, a purposeful institution. It was. Mm-hmm. And that's what it was meant and to be. And it should be still. And the cause is not only our sinfulness on our own, uh, wanting to be everything we are on our own terms. That's been the cause. But then to see that there's also structural things in politics and in government that's enhancing the destruction of the family, that's really uh, sad, too. So we're going to get back to some solutions and start talking to some solutions and again, why the family, again, is so important mm-hmm. for not just our families mm-hmm. and for our kids, which they are, mm-hmm. but even for society. Mm-hmm. Okay? So I look gonna, forward to that, yes. We're going to talk about that. We have a book out, Resurrection Freedom, God's Power to Face Life's Challenges. And uh, I really do believe some of these discussions we're talking about, we, we have to root ourselves in the scripture and how it addresses these things. This is a, it's a short little read. It's... Um,
1: 40 pages. 40
0: pages. And it's, it's more devotional. It's, it's, it's dealing with scriptures and applying it to your life, but it really will be a blessing to you in some of the topics we're talking about. So if you'd like to pick that up, you can go to FamilyVisionMedia.org, FamilyVisionMedia.org, and it's called Resurrection Freedom, God's Power to Face Life's Challenges. Um, Marie, that's kind of what we're talking about today. We're facing some of the challenges, Mm -hmm. and I do think I'm with you on this, especially in my urban work. Family's the issue. Uh, we never talk about it. Mm-hmm. We never talk about why it's important to undergird families. We just talk about let's have a healthy relationship, and we, mm-hmm. no, family's bigger than that, right? I mm-hmm. mean, it's an institution, and there's there's a reason to actually start to uh, promote it again, undergird it again, defend it again, and then model it. So right. let's talk about some solutions.
1: Well, you know, some of the things that used to happen before when we had the extended family, multiple generations, uh, you know, during celebrations, you had, you know, there was corporate, you know, celebration, right? And then also whenever you had experienced loss, you had a a corporate coming together of grieving and soothing one another. So, you know, you had all of these different expectations and, and behaviors being modeled for you. And now that we've broken the family apart, you have this shifting of the kids going back and forth, 50, 50 percent, you know, to the mother, to the father. And the father actually, and, and and it just happens unless there is an intentional effort for the father to be a daddy. Right. Because then they do what the court mandates them to do. Right. Because the court says, if, if you do this, this and this, then you are doing the good fatherhood thing. Right. And they don't come. And they're not, you know, to see the little day-to-day things. They're
0: just doing what they're supposed to do.
1: Just fulfilling that obligation, which is kind of like an uncle.
0: Well, you know, I, I always tell this story. Remember that guy, Jerome Bettis? He ran for the Pittsburgh yeah. Steelers. It's my favorite story. And he talks about how he went to school, and, and I'm a University of Michigan guy. He was a uh, Notre Dame guy, so I don't hold that against him. <laughs> um, but he, he wins the Super Bowl. They My win the father Super Bowl. loved him. Yeah, I know he did. <laughs> your, father, your father was quite the uh, football man, um, except for that blind spot okay, of anti Michigan. <laughs> But Jerome Bettis came on, and I remember when he wins the Super Bowl, wins the MVP, and he looks in the camera. I remember he said those words. He said, do you have anything to say? And Jerome Bettis said, well, my dad, when I went to school, said, son, I don't have a lot of money, but I've given you a clean name, a good name. You live up to our name. And then he looks, and it still gets me choked up. He looked in the camera and said, daddy, I did it. Yeah. And I just said, man – isn't that what we need today? More of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was so powerful to look and say, Dad, I did it. He was, he was living for his father and yeah, his family. So,
1: so his life meant so, more than just him. That's See, right. that's the thing. And that, that's what's missing today. Yeah. You know, the, the kids don't hear the, the stories anymore. And yes, they may have to hear the yeah, story the 37 times. I know. But it's something that connects them to something that went before them and the things that might come after them. Right. And, you know, today you don't, the, the kids don't have that anymore. And it's a loss. And then with technology, face-to-face interaction, you have people in the room, but they're all sitting in the room, but they're experiencing different things because they're escaping through their iPhones. In, yeah. People go away to watch their own television programs. You used to all gather around the radio or you used to all gather on one television. Now there's multiple televisions. Now there's, you know, iPads and iPhones. Everybody escapes to. It's interesting. Even like the whole, it, it has changed when you think about the behavior everything has changed Mm -hmm. so the time of sharing it's not that you come in you eat food you might be in front of tv eating food what may be watching the game you're not talking Afterwards, uh, then maybe the kids go out on dates, right? Mm-hmm. They just drive up. They don't even go to the door to meet the parents anymore. There used to be something That's why about I that used meeting to walk the parents. Meet yes, because they'll just text message the girl and say, "I'm here." No, and the you're girl not here, son. Out.
0: You're coming inside, and you're going to talk to me. But, but 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 those
1: little things that people took for granted back there—that actually, you know, having to face the father of and, the girl that you were taking out, you right. knew you had to deliver her back home safely and in a you know in a respectful manner. Well,
0: I, I remember. Thing, you know, learning, you gave me that book, uh, She Calls Me Daddy. I mm-hmm. love that. That was such a powerful thing. But I remember that one anecdote was when he came in and the guy said, he, a guy had a real nice car. And he said, here's the keys to my car. Mm-hmm. He said, you're going to let me take your car. Let's, like, let's say it was a Corvette or mm-hmm. something. A Corvette? Oh my gosh. He said, mm-hmm. yeah. And then and then he gave him the keys and he said, and how are you going to take care? of oh, sir, I'm going to drive it. I'm gonna, I promise I'll bring it back. Mm-hmm. And then he said, well, my daughter means way more to me than that, than that car. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that, like you said, that identity, that sense, of identity. Like I said, the Bible says it very clearly, honor your father and your mother. It, the family is the foundation, the foundational sociological grouping if you will from God's point of view. Government is not bigger than family. Family is first and in government and police and all those things, teachers, they flow from the family. They flow from the authority of the mom and dad with the children. And so that was that's our precious. I mean, God said, look, I'm going to I'm going to love you. You're going to be part of my family. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to give you a family to do what? To practice what I give you. So if, I, if I've given you forgiveness and direction, all these different things, who are you going to practice with? Well, practice with your wife, mm-hmm. practice with your husband, mm-hmm. practice with your children, and then move out into mm-hmm. the community. Mm-hmm. So family, church, and government, those are the three biggies sociologically from the Bible's point of view. But family and church are bigger than government. Mm-hmm. We flipped all that around today.
1: Right. and it's it that and when it's interesting because one of the best things you can do especially whenever you are going through a family breakup is to find a church home right. and right now we're having uh, attacks on the churches
0: yeah because that's the so extended- the two
1: most important foundations of a, a civil society
0: yeah we're saying the family and the church non-essential. So where are we going to go? Uh, well, I guess we, we go stand in line and wait for the check or something, I guess, right? That's what
1: they want us Cause to do. Because they care about us. Right.
0: Well, you know, that's what I used to always say. I remember that one time in, in when I was serving in Brandon, Florida, where we had a family, you know, where a daughter ran away from home. And I remember she went to live with her friends. Mm-hmm. And the father called me from Brazil at 3 mm-hmm. o'clock. Do you remember this? Yes, he called I me at 3 o'clock in the morning and said, mm-hmm. go get my daughter. And I said, where is she? Highway 60, walking Mm -hmm. at 3 o'clock in the morning. So I remember I went and got her, put her Mm -hmm. at a hotel and paid for all that, Mm or motel. And I told her, I said, see, your father, you know, even though you've had issues with your dad and mom, he cares about you way more. Your friends kicked you out of the house at 3 o'clock in the morning. And that was the first time it really dawned on her that maybe they did love her more but what a test she that father had to go through just to demonstrate
1: but again God's you can love. understand why that would happen because her peers meant more to her
0: at that moment at right at that moment but her peers also as soon as she didn't do what they wanted out she goes you know mm-hmm. but again that family unit so again defending the family um, God actually says it's the first place to learn how to practice my love share my love uh, it's also a place to g- develop an identity right absolutely your identity a in very Christ. rich identity and yeah talk a little bit uh, kids who who suddenly are displaced they really don't know who they are mm-hmm. and who are they going to listen to you talked about this well you and- know
1: whenever you have a big family right when issues come up and you have solutions right mm-hmm. you, you get to see the solutions the different ways people take care of each other the, the creativity and in solving or managing through a crisis. When you're a small little unit like that, everything, any tiny in interruption becomes a crisis.
0: Yeah, because yeah, you're wondering. You know,
1: yeah, because there's you, there's limited people to carry the load. There's, you know, maybe you're in a single parent household. It's very difficult for for a person who is trying to support and to manage what they what they perceive to be an emergency to also be a teacher at that time and then there, you know, you're not being the best role model.
0: So let's say this, I mean, uh, if we do have family breakdown, the first thing we can talk about is not only strengthening families, but then modeling it, and maybe the first place to start looking is not to the government to help those single-family homes and stuff. Maybe we can start to bring the concerns of of families that are struggling into our families, too, is maybe maybe modeling and extending is one of the ways the church can really be a blessing uh, in the community, because we're going to have to get back to being families. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just don't see any other way to deal with the kinds of things, the violence, the poverty, the, the illegitimacy, the illiteracy, all those things. It's a direct extension of the, mm-hmm. the destruction of the family by policy at the end of the 60s and 70s. we got to get back to some of those healthy views of family.
1: Right, and I hate to bring this part up, but it is, it's important to talk about as well, you know, the, the very expected... Idea of putting uh, your your parents as they age into a nursing home,
0: right? You know, well, we didn't even go there yet. We did. didn't
1: know, and that's another thing. Because I told
0: Devin we're just going to be in her basement. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that right? <laughs> that's right. Come on, I told she her. To, but we'll, she's
1: a, well paid to install an elevator. Well, thank elevator. God she's not one
0: of the ones who's in the basement with in our basement. She's out there. She's yeah, developing she's, her own basement yes. just for us.
1: We don't have a failure to thrive situation yet. And I pray it doesn't happen. But <laughs> no, that was
0: those are some of the stories from our grandparents when they talked about great grandma that just started walking away from home and then they had to go find her and they had to bring her back. You know, and you yeah. started thinking about that. Yeah, it. But what but, a sacrifice. The but they were loving their family.
1: Right, and you love them all the way through the end and they're not easily disposed of. But what you think today, mm. we dispose of people so quickly, right? We divorce, we separate. If you if you then if you remarry and then you have stepchildren, blended families, right? Then you divorce again. You what what happens? Those How? kids have yeah. uh just stop having a relationship with those those stepbrothers and sisters. You know, these are these are traumatic things and right. we just kind of act like people are easily disposed of. So the ones that are getting disposed and then us doing the disposing, it's just terrible.
0: Right. It, it, and, and you know, actually, we're going to talk about some more of those kinds of issues more specifically in programs that are coming up. Today, we are just focusing on the general, you know, right. the institution of family and how it is being undermined. But now you you're starting to realize, wow, if we don't get a handle on this kind of stuff, it's just going to keep going on and on and on. It does. It out. And that displacement out. really hurts people. And so, you know, let's at this point, let's just talk about why family is so important, uh, why undergirding it and, and, and sustaining it and also defending it. And even trying to help out those who are trying to do their families but are up against all kinds of things. Let's Mm -hmm. make that our commitment from this program Mm -hmm. because would you agree with me? I mean, it would be one of the greatest blessings we could provide not only for our children Mm -hmm. but for the very society we live in, right?
1: Right. It is. It's so important what we can learn uh, by being members of the family, you know, accountability, responsibility, you know, um, purpose,
0: well, we're going to talk about what that means if you're a father in in programs to come. What that means as as a unique as motherhood. We're going to talk about being f- uh, children. and both have
1: very unique, yes. very important roles. And and that's being fathers lost. are not mothers and mothers lost. are not fathers. Exactly.
0: And the, the egalitarianism that's out there is actually meant to dissolve the family, too. So we're going to get into all those things. But for now, we know the importance of family. Uh, we support that, and let's let's continue to be those models that can be a real blessing to people.
1: One one other thing. I want to bring okay. up that's very interesting and I think you and I have talked about this before is, is this idea that because your parents are married you have, you're a privileged person
0: oh yeah um, that that's irritates that's kind of an underhanded
1: me. attack uh, on, on a family because it,
0: d- it doesn't talk about the sacrifice that right. went into putting things off so they could put the family above their needs oh you just happen to be part of a uh, family whose parents stay together mm-hmm. no there was a decision mm-hmm. and honoring and the commitment meant and something. a commitment um, my gosh that, too, is another mm-hmm. uh, discussion for another day. Mm-hmm. Well, Marie, before we go, uh, we got a little different close today. Um, could, <laughs> we, we do get a little silly on this program sometimes, uh, sometimes but we like this because mm-hmm. this is through the fire, and, and we're talking about God's Word coming and engaging us where we are. So talk about a little bit how we're going to close well, a little differently.
1: Well, okay. So we are hoping that people that um, enjoy our program and listen in will become what we call Ember members. <laughs>
0: You are an Ember member.
1: We'll become Ember members. So we are going to refer to you as our little embers. <laughs> and we do hope you that you will share. Big, you
0: can be a big ember too, though, Yeah, a right? big ember. Okay. Yeah,
1: a big ember, little ember, but, you know, whatever you choose. If but, you're
0: burning, burn in our direction. <laughs> yeah, please. Our.
1: And spread that fire. That's
0: right. So remember there are two kinds of fire in the world. <laughs> the
1: one that burns and consumes. And
0: the one that burns and empowers. May God's word and God's love burn brightly in you, giving you strength to face any fire.
1: Till next time, time. little embers. Little embers. I'm Marie.
0: I'm Greg. See See you soon.
1: Through the Fire is a production of Family Vision Media.